Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to That Honesty Thing, the podcast. And on this episode, we have a special, a grounded special that is something that I just started where people come in, we're literally sitting on the ground in my home, and we are discussing something uh quite important or quite large in topic. And for this episode, I was joined by four women and we discussed the truth about womanhood. This was really fun to do. The four women by the names of Marissa, Jasmine, Destiny, and Ajiri really came in and provided so much knowledge and so much perspective. And with our different views, we were just able to gel so well and speak so openly and candidly about our experiences and our definitions of womanhood. I cannot thank them enough. It was the most difficult thing to edit because there were just so many gems in this one, but I'm grateful to have worked with them and excited to have kicked off this series special grounded with them. I hope you enjoy. You're listening to That Honesty Thing, the podcast. Here to make you think, here to make you feel, and here to empower. What is the first thing or word or phrase that comes to mind when you hear womanhood? First thing that came to mind was pain and then, like, strength. Mm. Why? I think probably because of the conversation we're having. Like, Mm. we were talking about births and experiences. But I think that a lot of us carry our ourselves with a lot of pain. But, and we use that as strength. And we use it as, like, a catalyst to get us to the next step. And I don't like that. So I try to, like, think of another word. But pain was the first thing. I was like, ow. That was what I thought of when I thought of womanhood. First word that came to my mind was emotional. Um, And then the second word was release. So I was just picturing, maybe it's because of how we're sitting, but I was just picturing a bunch of women sitting in a circle and just letting go of all of that emotion. So the visual was almost just like a cloud of smoke just coming up and just releasing and just feeling a sense of strength, but also a sense of relief and letting go. Mm. I can empathize with these answers because the first thing I did was like, oh, so heavy. (laughs) Um, And then I think about what you said about like, we use it as this strength to keep us going. But then why don't we do the opposite? Like, let me hold on to joy and let that be my strength. But we can't negate the ugh about being a woman. Like, yo, we deal with some shit, yo. Uh, so, like, I had to learn how to not divorce the two. Like, they are one and they are me. I, I am the ugh, but I'm also like the, I look in the mirror and I'm like, yo, I've done some shit. Mm-hmm. And I, I can be those two things. And something that I like to do is choose the story that is in most alignment with my greatest and highest good. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I can acknowledge that it's heavy, but I can also choose the story of, like, power. I can choose the story of, like, my feminine divine is beautiful. My feminine divine creates from nothing and makes life. And that's bomb. And that's the one that I want to hold on to, you know? Yeah. I think just continuous. I think when I was younger... um, 
I thought like one day, which is another question, like I would just be this woman. And it's just like, oh, you think about grandmothers, you think about aunts, you think about, you know, your own parents and just how everyone's always going to be evolving. Mm -hmm. Whether you are 9, 19 or 90, uh, it just does not stop. And each, you know, decade, each period kind of just comes with this own new set of <laughs> unlearned lessons, um, unsolved or unresolved hurts, um, beauties, revelations. And it's just like, oh, this is just, this is just a forever thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so long yeah. as I'm alive, trying to figure it out thing. This is a continuous thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, question number two. When did you know you'd become a woman? Um, I don't I don't know I mean a lot of times I still feel like I am just a big ass kid and I am going to be 37 years old this year and I still think I am a kid I don't know if I'm ever going to grow up. Like, what is that? What does that even mean to be a grown up? Like, mm-hmm. I have a whole family. I have a household. I have a car. I have a career. I have all of that stuff. But I'm still the person that, when I check into a hotel room, the first thing I do is take off my shoes and jump up and down on the bed. Like, <laughs> regardless, it doesn't matter. Like, that's that's you know what I do and I still love to have water balloon fights and play musical chairs at kids' birthday parties. So I don't know. Like I don't know if I'm ever gonna grow up. And I don't know if I have to. Where do we get the idea that grown ups don't do those things? Yes. <laughs> yes. Because I think that we all feel like that like why would you do that? <laughs> Maybe not this circle, but in other yes. conversations like Okay, how old are you again? <laughs> and, like, why does age have to be, like, this indicator of, like, oh, so now you have to stop doing these things that made you happy once upon a time mm-hmm. and, like, brought so much joy and laughter to your life? Like, why do you have to stop? Yeah. I did that to myself because I told myself when I was, you know, in high school and even early in college, okay, when I'm 30, this is what my life is going to look like. I'm going to have a house and I'm going to have this and I'm going to have traveled and I'm going to have done X, Y, and Z. And on my 30th birthday, I was not a homeowner. You know, I was not in a relationship. And I, for, I would say two days, really beat myself up about it Mm -hmm. because I felt like I was a failure. I have not accomplished these things that I was supposed to do by the time I was 30. And then I woke up and told myself, well, why was I supposed to do that? Who said Mm -hmm. that I had to do that? Oh, I told myself, okay, well, I was wrong. Keep it moving. But it was really hard for me to realize that at first. I I agree. And I don't know that I know for sure, like, oh, this is what makes me a woman. But I know that I'm more comfortable labeling myself that, mm-hmm. not having a, a full definition. I think that it is hard to mark womanhood or having arrived at this destination of being a woman um, in just just in general. So I feel like I'm comfortable being called a woman uh, because I am accepting of that uncertainty. I am accepting of like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't really understand every part about that. Um, and that confidence or that uh, 
assurance that I give myself is like, oh, that comes from a sense of pride, of empowerment, of uh, knowledge of self. It's like, all right, I'll take the woman title. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I would say, as you were talking, I thought a lot about literally the words I am or be and being and be being such an infinite word. Mm -hmm. There is no beginning. There is no end. You just are. Mm -hmm. And my first answer to the question was when I reclaimed my power and, and refound myself by myself. I think that I know that is when I step into my power as a woman. I've always had it. It was always there. I just chose not to tap into it for several conditioning reasons. But it, I'm not done. Like, I didn't just step into womanhood and like, great, I'm a woman and this is phenomenal because I am. And therefore, it is continuous. I'm continuously learning what it means to be a woman. And I think that's what, I know that that's what messes up, like, these young women and their perception of womanhood. Because we have this standard. There is this timeline. I have to do these things by the time I'm 30 or else I'm a favorite. It's like, that's society conditioned you. Like, mm-hmm. let's yeah. chill. Find your joy. Yeah. Let's talk about self-love. Let's talk about, let's figure out what's going on in your mind. Mm-hmm. And let's help you take control of that, you know? Yeah. I, I can't think of... A time that I felt like a woman but I can come up with a couple of different instances when I felt like an adult and I am mm. a woman I am I'm female by definition right mm-hmm. by creation um, but when other older people looked at me and trusted me they babysat for many years and when this person left their child with me and trusted that I would take care of their child, I was like, oh, shit, like, this is real. <laughs> like, when when he looked up at me and he just, like, grabbed my hand, I was like, I see you. Like, we're going, right? I was like, oh, shit. And it's like, I think that, like, because I'm not a mom mm-hmm. um, or genetic mother, I have other creations that I do mother. But, um, yeah, that was that moment for me. I was like, oh, like, I'm an adult. So, in regards to womanhood, what is something that you were not forewarned about? Oh, the whole thing. <laughs> I wasn't warned about anything. <laughs> Did you get a manual that I that mine got lost in the mail? I don't understand. <laughs> the whole thing. I would say more specifically, and this is something that I have never thought about until this second. I wish someone forewarned me that what had happened in the past is not it like when i think about my journey into womanhood i was operating off beliefs that i learned from my parents and that's all i knew and i took that for fact um and then you get to this point where you're like oh that doesn't feel right but i have to because it's all i know i would have saved myself a lot of headaches if i just was forewarned like look this is what you're gonna go through it's gonna feel this way but it's because it doesn't fit and you don't have to do it mm-hmm. just it's gonna be okay that yeah that's my answer time management yo <laughs> like i remember there was one evening where it was like 11 o'clock at night and i'm sweeping and mopping my house and i was like 
at, with the broom in my hand. I was like, this is why my mother stayed up so late. Oh, <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were in a single family household. And she worked. We went to school. She came home and she cooked every day. I don't cook every day. Yo, bless her. <laughs> Bless those hands. When I first moved to, that was one of the things I called my mom crying about. How did you do this every single day for all of us? I can't even do this for myself. And she said, you just figure it out and you get it done. So my answer is actually a combination of both yours, where it's like, there's not one way to do it and figuring out time management and what works for you Mm -hmm. to get it done. And that is, again, talking about joy again like that's what's gonna get you to that place of joy it's like figuring out what's gonna work for you on your path and managing your time and the biggest thing is like remembering your path is your path yes there are other outside influences but you're not coming up in the same time that your mother was coming up that your grandmother that your aunties or even that your sisters are coming up in it's your path and you have to figure out how is it going to work for you, not for everybody else. Yeah. Y'all have like such beautiful answers and like my most honest answer. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway. The vagina. Like yes. I wish that I was told that she runs everything mm-hmm. because she does. Struggles, pains, and fears associated to womanhood. I think one of the pains that I've experienced a lot in my version of womanhood is this notion of having to just suck it up and keep going. And I think it's especially true for women of color. Like we just, we have to roll with the punches, anything that comes our way, like you just have to, you know, wipe your tears Put on some red lipstick, big hoop earrings, and that's it. You keep moving, put your hair up in a bun, and just just keep it moving with a smile on your face. And that's been a real pain point for me because there are a lot of times with, you know, certain injustices and things that have been unfair that I want to stop and say, no, this is unfair. Somebody needs to listen to me. This is not fair. This is not right. Things don't have to be this way. But a lot of times there isn't really anybody there to listen. And it's hard when that happens continuously. It's hard to to let that pain and that anger go. You know, it, it does it does sit, it does fester. It it begins to harbor and I've worked really hard to not be, you know, the the angry brown woman, the angry brown mom, the angry brown wife, the angry brown daughter. But yeah, I would say that that that's been my biggest pain point of womanhood. You really speak to, you said that so well. And I think in, in relation to what you're, you're saying, it's like this ignored um, attitude towards women and their struggles, the expectation to carry so much, to not be, you know, recognized for it, almost like, you go into an airport and you have 50 bags, but they do expect you to turn it into five. And they do expect you to be on that plane on time. And they do expect you to not weigh that plane down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's the expectations have become like impossible. Um, and then we somehow make them possible. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you scrape a lot 
from yourself. You give a lot from yourself. And there is no Band-Aid that can help you, you know, heal that. You know, you have to create your own. And it's just like this, you are the source of so much. And it's hard to find support for that. We're responsible, but we are not responded to, you mm -hmm. know. And I think that silence, which is why, like, having a network of women, it's really important because I think it is just such a unique experience that women, especially of color, have. And there is very little outlet. And then even when you find your own, you can be penalized for that, too. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, yeah. So this part of the conversation continued for a bit as we discussed what it felt like to carry the burden of womanhood in silence and without complaining. We discussed the burden that comes from family, that comes from relationships, and in hindsight, in editing this, it just is very triggering. And I did want to point out, it is okay to release burdens that are not yours. It is okay to let go of luggage that does not belong to you. Throughout this conversation, we also talked about what I called chosen ignorance, where the magic, if you will, that a woman does or performs is not necessarily unknown, but it is turned a blind eye to. It's more convenient for people to get what they need from women especially, knowing that they will go above and beyond to make things happen, but will not stop to process and really think about what that entailed or how much that may have taken. So just wanted to pause in the middle of the conversation and share to all of the women listening, release the burden. It is okay. We have permission to do it and self-care comes first. I can't I can't think of a of a pain point, but as you're talking, I'm like, this is why I'm doing this with my little sister. My sister's 14 and she's already been through some shit. Mm. And oh, it like it hurts my heart when I talk to her because like she has these arguments with her mom. We have different mother, same father. And Destiny's met her a couple of times, and she knows who she is, and she knows what she wants, but she she's broken down, and she's cried in front of me, and she's like, I feel like I'm not allowed to be myself. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have to put other people's input before my own. I have to take care of our little brother. I have to, I'm responsible for him. Why am I responsible for him? And I looked at her, and I was like, we were on FaceTime, and I was crying with her, and I was like, please please don't do this. Like, if you feel this way, call me. I've been doing this a lot longer than you have. I want that burden. I, I'm thankful for what you said because it helped me put words to my pain point, which is this nurturing. I feel, in exploring myself, I've learned that I am very attached to the part of me that creates. And that part comes from, like, my womb because that's where I create life. And it is that same point in my body that empowers me to nurture everyone. I think that's how I landed in education. I think that's exactly why I'm, on, I'm in all these teacher roles that I keep running from, because I just feel like <laughs> I want to nurture everyone. Uh, nah, but it is that place of nurture and knowing that you're not gonna save everybody. Because yeah. think about like, think about life, right? 
women are essentially the creators of the social work practice and social work is very much so about the give back and the like make sure everybody is good but that part is also painful because you have to separate like okay i showed you the light but i cannot make you do the things that you need to do or that you should do or who am i to tell you what you should do whatever like i can't make you explore yourself so that you can uncover who you are and that point is just like because i can see it right i can see your highest self and i can see how beautiful and wonderful you are but you have to look in the mirror and see that for yourself yeah so for me that's such a pride uh, not pride point such a pain point because you just want to hold everyone in your uterus and love them yeah. <laughs> interesting though that you said that you know, you feel it in your womb and that's where your passion for all of this comes from. And interestingly enough, that's where women, especially, that's where we carry a lot of our emotions mm -hmm. and especially like our, our pain and our stress. We carry mm -hmm. a lot of that in our hips. You know, like when you think about stress and cortisol, your cortisol level goes up when you're stressed. And where do women, where does your cortisol level tend to rest mostly? In your belly. So you get that belly fat. Um, a lot of times when women start doing hip opening exercises in yoga and a lot of different stretches that stretch your, your psoas muscle in particular, there is this emotional release. And I also want to preface it for the women that are unable to mm -hmm. create light. Like, yeah. I want to just make sure mm -hmm. that to say that even if you can create physical life, you still create from that mm -hmm. place. Absolutely. Yeah. It doesn't mean, like, you don't have to birth a child yeah. to be connected to your womb. Yeah. yeah. I was Thank thinking you. as yeah. you were speaking, um, it's like, that's that's life like that's everything and like we have all these 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 situations coming up where women of color especially are experiencing higher rates of fibroids higher mm. rates of um ovarian cysts higher rates of endometriosis and all these other things that are happening in our womb and it's not being addressed to like there is a study out there, like an ACEs study. I don't know if y'all ever heard of it. It's like Adverse Childhood Events Study. Oh, yes, yeah. ACEs. So it's like it goes over like if you've ever experienced any type of trauma and how that may relate to like cancer when you're 60 mm. from trauma at six and different things like that. And it's all of that. It's like if you have a lot of bloat, what's going on? If you have a lot of constipation, what's going on? And like that's all in your solar plexus that's all in your womb that's all where your where your heat is where your drive is and like if you have these issues you should explore yes that source the feeling right i think we discount feeling so much in in this society what are those? <laughs> <laughs> it's so patriarchal and so well if two plus two doesn't equal four that's all you know that's all i care about but yeah. feelings matter yeah. <laughs> it, it, it they don't come from nothing yeah. yeah yeah but how often are we allowed in the workplace or in other mm. places how often are we allowed to yeah. express mm -hmm. our feelings Speak without being it. looked at as emotional mm -hmm. or, or being bossy which similar to how you said earlier you don't like that mm -hmm. i don't like that word either like my child is assertive and she's opinionated yep. she knows what she wants mm -hmm. she's not bossy mm -hmm. there's a big difference because you would not call a little boy bossy mm -hmm. so you don't get to call a little girl bossy mm -hmm. but you know all of these things if we were 
or when we have said in the workplace, this is how I am feeling, what has been the response? Oh, well, you know who I really like, Dr. Brene Brown, I really appreciate, like, I love her. She's like, she's a rock star. Second to Oprah, second to Tupac, y'all. Like, that's my girl. I love her. But I love, she kind of coined the phrase of vulnerability being a strength. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, I think we're in an interesting time in general. People mm -hmm. have been more open to conversations like this. I love that she just put that out there because I see other people understanding, like, yes. That macho attitude, that I don't cry, pride, mm -hmm. it's not an indication of you being stronger. Um, it's easier to run from, it's easier to avoid than it is to confront, than it is to mm -hmm. heal, than mm -hmm. to deal. Um, and you have to do that via vulnerability. And so I love, uh, just to add on to that, I love Dr. Brene Brown for that so much because I think that's healing work. Like, Vulnerability is a strength, mm -hmm. is a strength, period. And it's hard because a lot of times we as women tend to, to follow that, that lead that we see men doing. I read a quote the other day that said, women who strive to be like men lack ambition. I'm going to let you No, <laughs> period. Period. <laughs> <laughs> That is like when you first started talking about that, like that's when my hands went up because yes. it's just like this desire to want to be more like men and no shade to men. Like this is a very silly aspiration for women to have. That is an insult to who we were born to be. The essence is this. I'm studying psychology. We talk about um, like even women and men's different reactions to like cheating and why mm -hmm. women feel uh, hurt or betrayed in a certain way and men feel hurt or betrayed in another way. Men feel more so hurt, hurt or betrayed because like as a woman, if you give birth, we know that that child is ours, right? Like there's no, it grew inside of you. That is your kid. A man, he cannot know. That's also why there are other you know, factors as to why children come out looking just like their dad, mm -hmm. like all these things, dating way, way back in time. Um, and so that insecurity, I feel, uh, was brought upon by men. And I think women being nurturers, just my idea, tried to make it so that men could feel more included. And in doing that, we gave power to, mm -hmm. we, we fed like a, an ego, we fed mm -hmm. a beast who grew a little bit too large. Mm -hmm. And now we're confused on where we stand in the picture. And it's like, we are the frame. We are the, the, the negatives, the positive. We are it. And we have invited you. And I know that may sound like I'm not anti-man or anything like that, but it's just like my idea is, I think a lot of what we've done was to include men in this worldly process. I think we have always had power, even religious texts, you know, yeah. like it's the woman. It all comes down to the woman. And we can be, you know, one and two or anyone in between, not to be exclusionary, right? But in doing that, we really fed what became a bit of a monster, a lot of a monster. We fed, fed this pride and this ego mm -hmm. that in order to feel included has to overpower the woman. Mm -hmm. And then now we're trying to fight that. Yep. And it's important to acknowledge that that ego is, is huge mm -hmm. and the core of the essence of society. Like we are a patriarchal society. Mm -hmm. And so when we strive to be like men, 
it's almost like we're falling in line with what society has told us, which yes. is why it's so important. I forget who said it. Like, I think it was you, Marissa. We all have a path. So, like, yes, this is what is fact, but let's follow this path that is laid out for us. It is different yeah. than this patriarchal roadmap that has been laid out for us, but that doesn't mean that we cannot follow this new thing that is arising. And different does not mean less than. Yes! What happened? I'm learning that every day, it's okay to be different. My best friend, she's always like, it's okay to be different. Not everyone is like you, Jasmine. I'm like, but, but, (laughs) they don't, it's okay. But, it's okay. And I'm like, oh, it is okay. But! At this point, you've been hearing the voices of myself, Destiny, Jasmine, and Marissa. And during the intermission that we had in real time, the fifth member of the conversation, Ajiri, came in and she joined us all the way from New Jersey. (laughs) And we're back. And so the next question is, um, what are the most beautiful things about being a woman? The duality. That's it. I don't think I have to add on to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I think women are just powerful. We just really are. I mean, God chose us to bring life into this world. And to me, that's something that is amazing. That's something that um, it defines me as a woman. And it's, it's something that a man can't do. So, <laughs> um, I think that's really, it's something beautiful that we have as, as women. I agree. It's that ability to create. Yeah. And, and again, I don't mean like just babies and everything that breathes from the womb. It just feels not just, it is beauty mm-hmm. and it's different than the way that a man can create. Like I look at my fiance and the way that his brain works. And then I look at my brain and like, I'm sure there are men that can tap into their intuition, so no shade, but just in the way that I can see beauty in the world and pick something up, he's like, where did that even come from? And I'm like, (laughs) bam. (laughs) That's my favorite part. (laughs) I think my favorite part is um, similar to what we talked about earlier, is that there isn't one set path Mm -hmm. and that everything a woman does is with style and grace, Mm -hmm. even if we don't realize it or acknowledge it in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love the fact that there are just so many different paths of womanhood. So whether you are creating a child in your womb or whether you are creating art in your womb or whether you're just that badass auntie that's traveling the world, getting her passport stamps, spoiling her nephews and nieces. Like everything that we do is just so powerful and amazing. If you um, listen to someone that I follow on Instagram, they say all the time, they're like, your womb is your is another brain. Mm-hmm. Like you have like a whole nother source there of information not, and it is your intuition and that mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. I think we're also just amazing because everything, and it's so cliche, but everything a man can do, we can do, mm-hmm. and more. While bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> While bleeding. Um, I think that that just makes us so amazing. Like, there is not one thing that a man can do that we cannot do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But there is something that we can do that they cannot. Oh, well, there are a lot of things we can do that they can't do. There are a lot. <laughs> but I think that that's just another thing that makes us so powerful. Well, I think um, it's interesting what you were saying about how, um, you know, I'm not a mom. And to be quite honest, no, God, I don't know if I want kids or if I don't. But and that's okay. That's okay. okay. I'm right here. I don't want to say I don't want them because I don't ever want to be in a situation where I do and then mm -hmm. that blessing is not given to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I'm just enjoying being newly married and just like yeah. living, you know, my life right now. But I know that I always like wonder because my mom, she always said like there's no, um, there's no book. You don't get a book on how to raise your child. You just know when you have that baby. And it's just kind of like where does that, because right now I'm selfish as hell you know what I mean like if I but hearing you say like that that something just happens I've heard it so many times that when you have a child and you actually see the child come out of you this love and all of this just comes out of you for that baby and it's incredible because it's like you can literally go from just being like yeah they're cute now but you know to just this is my entire world you know and yeah. it's crazy it's crazy no, I'm right here with you. I'm like, I don't do I want a baby? Like, I'm not want to have a baby. Like, I I'm also being selfish right now. Yeah. And I feel like this is the first time in my whole life that I was allowed to be selfish. Like I was always allowed, I'm giving myself permission to be selfish. Mm -hmm. And I'm right there with you. I'm like, I told my husband all the time, like, you decide. Mm -hmm. I'm good either way. Right. I'm not taking this away from you and I'm not making yeah. I'm not forcing it on you. It's your decision. I've helped raise a lot of other babies and a lot of other ideas and I'm supportive in these ways and I feel so I feel satisfied in this mm -hmm. it's up to you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you said that you are selfish right now um and you have both of you have every, <laughs> everybody here has every right to be completely completely selfish um I think for a lot of women there is that instant click um I don't think that that's true for everybody. I know people like it wasn't. Um, I remember like early on in my pregnancy, there was this feeling of what did I just get myself into? Like, I don't think I can do this. Like my whole life is going to change. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm going to be a good mom. Like, what am I doing? Um, I heard her heartbeat at one of at my first ultrasound when I heard her heartbeat. And then it wasn't even like an emotional connection. It was more just like, I gotta do this. And then like there was, you know, when I did the lit, like there was that whole like just gush of emotion and just like hormones. Everything <laughs> this huge release. But after that for up until very recently, and she's almost two and a half, like, I wasn't, I didn't take good care of myself. Like, I gave mm -hmm. everything to her. Mm -hmm. And I remember early on, my husband telling me, don't be that mom. Mm -hmm. Don't be that mom that loses yourself completely in parenting and only focuses on her. And in my mind, I'm like, how could you say that? And it was up until recently where I finally said, you know what? Yes, I am her mother, and I always will be, but I need to work more on, on getting my life back to where it was, just working on like getting myself more mentally prepared. That's why I got into doula work. It's not for birth. It's for 
antepartum and postpartum. Mm -hmm. It's for miscarriages, abortions that we don't talk about mm -hmm. and that happen a lot because of all the issues that we have going on in our womb. And it's about what supports, because moms should not be giving from an empty well. No one should be giving from an empty well, but we're constantly giving from an empty well. So what do we do? How do we change that narrative? How do we make sure that the baby feels supported because mom feels supported mm -hmm. and mom feels safe? I thought motherhood was going to turn me into this like person who loved laundry and I could <laughs> do the dishes and like and I love this day. baby and I'm going to wake up and feed you every time. And I was quickly um, taught that that was not going to be the case. <laughs> and that created a disconnect between mm -hmm. me and my daughter because I was like, geek, I'm not this person. So I guess I'm not a good mom. Mm -hmm. But in actuality, you are the same person. You just now have this added responsibility of mm -hmm. keeping X human alive. Mm -hmm. And it's about how much of myself do I get to keep in that process? And I lost my whole self mm. when, when Lila was born. I, I was the mom that was like, this is my cub. Do not touch her. Wipe your hands. <laughs> um, but then in letting some of that go, I was able to say like, oh, yeah, you can hold her for two hours. I would love to go do my nails. That's actually pretty cool. Um, so that was a, a huge lesson for me that I wasn't going to be this superwoman. It was just destiny with now Lila. <laughs> so <laughs> the question, um, what is the most beautiful thing about being a woman? I think you talked about it a lot. Everyone talked about it a lot. But I think it's just our drive. Our drive, I think, maybe it is because we could possibly one day be responsible for a whole other life in a capacity that cannot be shared with anyone else. You know what I mean? Maybe because we have to be equipped to do that. I think that is just something that remains innate. Just like you all have been saying, whether you give birth or not, there is something there that prepares you to do that job. Mm -hmm. And... In that, it doesn't have to be, as Destiny said, an actual uh, human being. It could be creative work. It can be whatever your goals are. I do think women are very much so superior in tackling like goals or making things just happen. Um, we, if we want, we really can quickly move something from an idea to reality. We can move something from you know a thought and really breathe life into that okay next one is what has been your experience with and these can be short um but there's three things relationships so more so like shifts as you grew through uh womanhood right so what has been your experience with relationships what has been your experience with your body and your experience with self-love and so you can tackle all one three two <laughs> Um, yeah. So I married my high school boyfriend and that was a huge transition um, because I'm not 16 <laughs> and I'm not the 16 year old version of myself and it was challenging. I went away to college and he did not. Um, I came back from college early and he was still there. And like we we had gaps in our relationship and like lots of tension and things like that. But we also knew that innately there was something there worth holding on to and worth working through. And 
I'm so grateful to have him because he makes me grow in different ways that I would not grow on my own. Um, I think my relationship with self-love has been a work in progress. Um, I've learned to love different parts of myself that I didn't necessarily know existed. But just through it all, reminding myself, um, my path is my path. What's for me is for me. What's not for me is not for me. Um, similar to what I said in the group chat, um, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. And just remembering, like, I was, I was born to be different. Mm -hmm. I'm different from everybody else in my family. Different doesn't mean better or worse, mm -hmm. but I'm different. And just learning to embrace all of that, um, it's just, it's been a trip. But it's still happening. I'm still a work in progress. Um, but yeah, it's been a hell of an experience so far. I think in relation to like the body, and I've said this many times, you go through multiple stages of puberty. I don't care what anyone says. I feel like every 10 years, <laughs> the body just changes, you know, like what I used to be able to eat and what I can't eat anymore. Skin, my hips, I feel like change shape like three or four times, you know, all of a sudden, literally on this couch, I was like, what is this touching me? It was me. It was a legit role. <laughs> like, what is this? In relationships, I think, I just came to the conclusion that I do not belong to anybody and no one belongs to me. I do not owe and I'm not owed. And these are decisions. And I think I grew up with the mindset that something just happens and then you're obligated. And it's like, no, you make a choice every single day, marriage or not, you make a choice. What do you want to do? Who do you want to be with? Who do you want to be today in the next hour? Um, and that belonging to self, and for me, I believe in God, so to God, like, that's just it. And I think, I don't think we talked a lot about friendships, but that changes a lot, too. And um, mm -hmm. that has its own, you know, heartbreaks because mm -hmm. you don't, you know, childhood to womanhood. Things change and people change and priorities change. And um, that is something that I don't think I thought about a lot or even now know how to adjust properly because, you know, you're not angry, but it's just like life happens. Mm -hmm. uh, and how I think all... Huh? How do you deal with the ones that are angry too? Because not everyone agrees. True. I think that's another thing. Like, I'm, I'd be at peace. You know, I know where I'm coming from. I know, I know what I, I... I know my intentions. And it has to be enough. That's one of my I am statements right now. Like, mm -hmm. I am enough. And I have to respect other people's enough too. I can accept that, mm -hmm. you know, that we have grown apart and that that space between us doesn't have to be negative, you know? Um, and that's all I can offer anybody else is that this space between us doesn't have to be negative, uh, but you choose what you want that space to be. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I think I agree with you with a lot of what you said about relationships. Um, I, especially with friends, I think that, you know, the older you get, you, like, priorities just change. It, that's just the reality of it. Um, 
most of my girls like yours are in the Bay Area, you know, in Cali. So it's like you're not going to be, oh, let's go grab brunch or let's go do this or let's go do that. And even like one of my best friends is moving to D.C. and we're making all these millions of plans. But she's moving with her boyfriend. I'm married. So we both know that it's still not going to be like, oh, yeah, every other weekend we're about to be living the life. You know, it's just it's just life. But um, I think that. Um, and then also when children are in the mix, a lot of my girls now are married with kids and that's priority. Your husband and your children, that better be priority before you think about coming to eat brunch or, (laughs) you know, so, um, so yeah, all of that changes, but learning to respect that and to understand it and you don't owe anybody anything. You really don't. You, You just live your life as best as you can and respect everyone else's decisions because you're not in their shoes and you don't know why they chose to do it this way or why they chose to do it that way. It just, it's not your life. It's theirs, you know? And then, um, in regards to relationships with, um, you know, love relationships or whatever, I think that for me, I learned a great deal and I had to, and I had to learn what I learned and go through what I went through to be where I am and to have the amazing husband that I have now. I just, I know it. And timing was every freaking thing. I can't even like, I can't even say it enough because, and we both say it. We both say, oh Lord, we're a hot mess in our 20s. <laughs> like we look at pictures and I'm like, oh, hey, wow. You know, <laughs> we were a hot, we probably wouldn't even be able to stand each other if we met each other in our 20s and the needy person that I was and him the show it's so funny the show off and now he's like super just private one thing I love about him very private this man don't even barely know how he's a Facebook you know like it's so (laughs) funny but the people that we were um in our 20s we just could not make this work you know and um I think that we had to go through that to get to where we were because we're both halves you know, people always talk about, oh, yeah, like, you're my other half. No, like, we were both like, no. We're, we're, we wanted to be whole and then come together as two holes because we really are able to achieve every single thing that we said we were going to achieve, like, everything, you know, when we work together. And it's because he has his own mindset. I have my own mindset. Even planning our wedding, we always said, like, I was the creative one, always thinking of all these ideas, and he would execute them. You know what I mean? So it just flowed perfectly together and to me it's just time it's timing I mean I know some of my crazy relationships that I've been in and you know where where I've come from and everything so um I don't know I think that I I, I had to go through all of that and in that time I didn't understand it I didn't get it it was like why why am I going why is this happening to me and everybody is did a comparing thing oh she's getting married or she's happy and blah 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 but that wasn't my path and I get it now. And it's, I love it. I appreciate the struggle because I would not be where I am now if I didn't have that. This question is really cool because body, self-love, and relationships for me is one thing. When I met my now fiance, it was out of complete happenstance. And I was at a place where I was a bad bitch and you couldn't really tell me anything. <laughs> I can now look in retrospect and say that while I was saying I was a bad bitch, there are some things that I needed to work through so I can say that. 
but it doesn't take away from the fact that I felt like I was that bitch. <laughs> and uh, oddly enough, what helped me feel that way was my daughter. Like, I don't have time to waste. If you think that you're not fit to hang around my kid, don't. If you're not wanting to get married, say that because I don't have time to waste with you. Because marriage is something that I'm looking for to show to my daughter. It is important to me. So people, I was ranting about this on my Instagram story not too long ago. Like People are like, well, I feel desperate when I bring up my intent to be married. And it's like, no, I'm not telling you to put a ring on my finger the minute I meet you. What I'm telling you is that one day, I do want a ring on my finger. So if you are not about to give me my ring, let us not waste our time here. So meeting my now fiance, it was like, he was with it. Like, I was like, look, I have a kid. He was like, that's totally okay. I don't define family by blood. I was like, check. <laughs> um, I'm like, look, I want to get married. It's important to me. Great. I want to get married too. Check. So we were able to get through a lot of the murky stuff in the beginning to then be ourselves after we met and i relate to your story a lot because for me getting married i want to be my best self mm -hmm. to be the best wife that i can be to this man who deserves a wife that is whole and complete without him um and that's something that i have prided myself since day one and i think it's something that he really appreciates because i appreciate that of him too he doesn't like lean on me as a crutch it's more like i'm gonna lean on you because i'm tired of shit and you're kind of cool so in wanting to be my best self it really motivated me to ask myself the questions to ask myself like why is it that i'm still manipulated by my past relationships when you are everything that i have been looking for like why am i still attached in this way so I started doing the work. I even birthed a journal out of it that is now on sale. And it is... Plug it. I'm learning survival with the journal. 25 lessons to help you transcend survival and thrive. Mm -hmm. It is currently on copy sold number 98. Mm -hmm. Copy number 100 is a gift from me. So if you are my 100th customer, um, it's free. Um, but aside from... I'm not going to go on that tangent. But that, you know, that experience birthed the journal and it helped me come back to my body. I felt that I was out of my body because I have always been living mommy's life or daddy's life or my boyfriend at the time's life, which is the father of my daughter. Like, you want to have kids, so I'm going to have kids. My mom, um, you want me to go to school? Cool, I'll go to school. My dad, you want me to do this? Cool, I'll do that. And then I was like, oh, so once I check off all these boxes, now what? And then you have to live for yourself. And who the hell teaches us to live for ourselves when everybody's always living for someone else? And our parents, God bless them. I always say, God bless my mother. She got me here, but she, she's been surviving. And no one teaches us how to thrive. So I wanted to be a, a wife that was thriving. And I think I, I've been doing pretty well. <laughs> there are obviously things that I'm still learning, and it's a journey. But being whole and coming to a relationship whole and knowing that though I am whole, I am in, in progress, I'm a work in progress, has helped me become what I deem myself to be a very powerful woman. I, I feel like I co-create with the universe. I feel like I'm unstoppable. And it's that, it's that like, I feel whole. And you don't complete me, but we could do this bomb thing together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and that friend tip, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, wow, 
I lost so many friends that I thought were like my sisters forever. And I guess I would actually take a step back and say I didn't lose them. Um, the season passed. Mm. The season is passed. It doesn't mean that I love them any less. I try to still, you know, you good? Do you need me for anything? I can edit your resume. <laughs> like, just let me know how I can be of service to you. Um, but understanding that I can't nurture everyone and I can't bring everyone on the journey with me, you have to choose the journey. And if, if you're going to remain stuck, cool, I love you, but I cannot remain stuck with you. But I still love you. The tap of love is what my therapist says. The tap mm. with love. Yeah, that's real. It's easy to do with other people, but I'm learning how to do it with like family members. Mm who use love as a mask yes. for toxic behaviors. Yes. Yeah, I'm working on it. Which ways would you, we have three more, in which ways would, would you ideally um, like society to change in order to better support women? We kind of talked about oh. that in the beginning, but yeah. The demise of the male ego. The male ego, I have a conspiracy theory that the male ego is where the fault of the world, like, Every issue that we have had, they, I feel like it all stems from the male ego. Even when we think about like wars and shit, like what were y'all really fighting for? Y'all fighting for land or y'all fighting for some queen? Mm -hmm. So I really hope, and there's work being done already around this. I think a beautiful example is Devon Franklin. I don't believe in, in everything that he has to say, but I think he's starting the work of getting men to identify that they have an ego that hurts other people and that their ego is driven by these unrealistic ideals. Um, and think about how much pain that ego has caused so many women. I think it's bogus that you talk to a woman and every woman can pinpoint a story where a man destroyed her. I think that's bullshit. And maybe not every woman, maybe not, let me not generalize in that way. Um, but the male ego has done so much harm in, in ways that when it is uncovered finally and it is accepted as fact and we start working towards the healing of the male ego, I think we will be in a much different place as a society. I wish that there was more embracing of the individual paths of women. Mm -hmm. I think that we as a society have these set standards of what beauty is when it comes mm -hmm. to women. Um, what a woman should look like in terms of body shape, in terms of complexion, in terms of hair, in terms of attitude. Um, and I think that we as a society just, again, need to embrace that there is no one size fits all. There is no one size fits most. And just embracing the fact that, you know what? Yes, there are some women who want to have six kids, and live their lives and there are some women who don't want to have any kids and that's okay mm -hmm. and there are some women who want to travel the world and there are some women who want to stay put there are some women who want to be married some women want to be single some women want to be married two three four five six seven eight times and that is a okay and just acknowledging that um i think we as women need to do better at that um you know, stop the, the women shaming, stop the mom shaming, which is huge. Um, 
If you want to breastfeed your baby in public, breastfeed your baby in public. If you want to formula feed your baby, A-okay. Do what is best for you and don't feel as a woman that you have to constantly explain your situation mm-hmm. to to be validated in society. You don't owe anybody any type of explanation for how you do things. As long as you are serving yourself and you are on the path to your joy, you don't owe anybody anything. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I think society just has to let us let us be. And it's it it doesn't even not even just with strangers, our families. There's so much pressure on women, especially from our families, on what we should do, what we shouldn't do, how we should dress, how we shouldn't dress, who we should date, who we shouldn't date. You know, um, me moving here was like, oh my gosh, you're not even engaged, and blah blah blah, and you're moving, and blah blah blah. Uh, but we had a bomb ass wedding though, and we pulled it off. You know, so. Um, and it, and it was, it's tough because it's people that you love and that you respect and you care about their opinions and you don't want to let them down, but you got to do you. And at the end of the day, trust yourself and, and, you know, live your life. Cause if you live for somebody else, you're going to have a whole lot of regret, mm. you know, complete the sentence without women, the world would be Ooh. boring, <laughs> for real, we're exciting, we're different. Um, we're unique, we're beautiful, and we go be extremely boring. Mm. Simply non-existent. <laughs> right. Um, I'm changing the sentence because women change everything. <laughs> um, so without women, the world wouldn't be. Mm. Um, it, it wouldn't, like you said, it just, it wouldn't exist. It wouldn't survive. It just, it wouldn't be. I would say, no worries, I would say dull. The world would be dull. And I think about uh, decorating our apartment. So my I live with my fiance and my daughter and Terrell has all the capability to decorate this place and make it really poppin', cool. But he always says like, we have a home. Like it feels homey. There's a feeling of sanctuary and just peace. Um, and not to toot my own horn, but I really think it's because of me. Like it, it's women were so intentional about where everything goes and feng shui is like a real thing. And we bring that to life. We bring it to existence. Um, and that's what cre- that's what puts the color in life. And so life will be mad dull. This is really something that I want to do. Yeah. It can stay like this, it can grow, whatever it is, but I love the energy that was brought. Mm-hmm. I love the trust that was here. I love how we supported each other and our different ideas, how we were comfortable enough to hear these stories. This is what it should always feel like yes. here and outside, and that's what I hope to bring to the woman's world. Yes. Um, and I'm so happy to have started with you all. Y'all are in uh, that amazing <laughs> history. And once more, a very special thank you to Destiny, Ajiri, Jasmine, and Marissa 
for joining me on the first Grounded series on That Honesty Thing, the podcast. To put a face to these beautiful voices, please check out That Honesty Thing on Instagram and see for yourself the amazing things that these women are doing. Keep up with That Honesty Thing. For full-length podcasts, please subscribe to That Honesty Thing on iTunes and SoundCloud. Stay in touch and involved by subscribing to the website at www.thathonestything.com, following on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at That Honesty Thing, and Twitter at Honesty Thing. Wherever you can, please support by subscribing, rating, and sharing.